Welcome to everybody on live stream. Glad you're there. Tune in. I mean, open your Bibles with us and uh, get what God has for you as well. Praise the Lord. We get reports all the time in many, many cities of people listening and, and getting things. So thank you for tuning in. Like, you know, let us know you're there. Comment down there in the little chat box. Subscribe so you can know when things are coming. Hit the bell. That kind of tells you when things are coming. And uh, just let us know you're being blessed. Praise the Lord. If you brought your Bible this morning, why don't you go with me to, uh, I guess the best place to start would be First Timothy chapter number 4. And uh, we'll get into something here the Lord put on my heart. Yes, praise the Lord. Um, we have, I, I was told that we weren't on live stream when we said Happy Mother's Day to Pastor Gerilyn. So we want to say that to you, Pastor Gerilyn, and uh, let you know we're thinking of you today as well. All those mothers down in the East Summit that are viewing, watching, and Happy Mother's Day to you. Praise the Lord. Looking forward to being with you again real soon. Amen. I want to look at something here in 1 Timothy 4, but to, uh, to uh, introduce what I'm going to say today... Uh, this is not what you'd consider a Mother's Day sermon by any means. I don't know how many Mother's Day sermons I've ever preached. <laughs> but if you listen to the Word of God today and apply it to your life, the stability and soundness this is going to produce in your life will bless your mama real well. <laughs> because your mama wants you stable. Amen. And so I'm going to share today what the Lord has given me, and I'm going to share it the way He gave it to me. It might sound a bit like doom and gloom at first, um, but it's not. It's, intended to, it's, not, it's not intended to produce hopelessness. It's intended to actually uh, properly diagnose according to the Scriptures, the way the, way the Scriptures say things, uh, the problem that's swirling in our society, one of the things swirling in our society, and really, really show you God's perspective on it because there's a lot of people confused about a lot of things. So we want to have God's perspective on it so our thinking is right. And uh, we want to actually be able to have sound minds and be able to, uh, with a sound mind, help others that are really confused on certain things and bring God's solution to God's Word. We, from God's Word, we have the answers for people. <clears throat> and we need to be ready for those to, to give the answers. Um, but we need to, first of all, properly diagnose <clears throat> what's going on because if you, don't, if you misdiagnose something, you're going to prescri prescribe the wrong medicine. And so um, much of what I'm going to be saying today is going to be in reference to society around us, not necessarily what's happening in the church per se, although these things try to get into the church, um, and we need to guard against that. And so these are things we don't spend a lot of time talking about, a lot, a lot of time talking about, don't talk about a lot of services, because we, you know, generally we're speak, preaching a positive message to the body of Christ who's walking in the light. Yeah. Amen. That's a good time to say amen. amen. And so, but we do need to, from time to time, look at some of these things. The Bible talks about these things. Uh, issues of the day. And so uh, there's a lot of loud voices uh, propagating, you know, through, you know, different uh, media and so forth. They're propagating all sorts of lies. And to be honest with you, the devil wants to desensitize Christians until what was once absurd becomes normal. <clears throat> and uh, believers, believers are uh, they don't change with the wind that's that's why they call us haters or whatever is because we don't change with the whims of society 
that being blown like grass on a prairie this direction and the wind changes and goes this direction and things are just changing in an uncertain and unstable world and uh, we never change because we have a foundation on the eternal truths that don't change so they call us unyielding they call us haters they call us whatever I don't hate anybody. I don't. I don't. Uh, I hate. I don't hate the person. The sin is what binds people. I hate that because of what it does to people. And we're here to help people. You can't help people if you turn them off. But neither can you help people by compromising and saying, "Well, we just don't know." No, we do know from the scriptures. <clears throat> um, the church world, the church, the body of Christ, the true church, is the salt and light of our society. The salt is a, salt is a preservative. Um, and it preserves meat from rot and decay yeah. and putrefaction. Yeah. And uh, sin has a way of causing a society, the more it invades a society, it has a way of putrefying the society, getting into everything, getting into politics, getting into the media, getting into entertainment, getting into sports, getting into the judicial system, getting into all kinds of things. And it just starts decaying. Everything starts decaying, and that's what ends a nation. <clears throat> Amen. And we are the salt. We are the, the ones, the truth bearers, the, the ones that, that hold up eternal truths that don't change. And we say, here's the way to, to avoid the putrefaction. And so then we're also the light to shine in a dark world. And guess what? The light shines the brightest. The darker it gets, you know, the, the light shines brighter and brighter. So anyway, so with that introduction, let's go over here to 1 Timothy chapter number 4. And let's look at verse 1. The Spirit speaks expressly. That means distinctly. We'll get to that. That in the latter times, that's the day we're living in. You actually study the New Testament. The latter days started on the day of Pentecost. Um, remember, the Holy Spirit was poured out and he quoted, Peter quoted Joel. It'll come to pass because they said, what is this? And Peter said, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. It'll come to pass in the last days. So he's talking about the day of Pentecost. That was the beginning of the last days. The last days are really the church age. Um, and that's, that's, I don't have time to go into all that, but I'll just say that briefly. Um, but the, the, here he said, the Spirit speaks expressive that in the latter times. Now, specifically, he's talking. Now, here's Paul writing under inspiration of the Spirit to Timothy. And he's talking still yet about a future time. He said, in the latter times. So uh, we'll see in a minute, this is us. In the latter times, some shall depart from the faith. Some, not everybody. Hold up both hands and shout and say, not me. <laughs> some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And he goes on and talks about some things. Um, so the Spirit spoke distinctly. He said expressly there. That means distinctly or clearly. Uh, in advance about the developments that we're seeing really and experiencing in our society today that have become almost appalling some, in, in some sense. And so uh, we're under really, according to this verse, we're under an invasion of demonic spirits. <clears throat> the Spirit speaks expressly in the latter time, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits. Say that out loud, seducing spirits. 
And so there is an unseen world. It's not a battle between this group and that group or politics against politics or politicians against politicians. It's a battle against truth and lies, light and darkness, good and evil, the, the, uh, the power of God and the power of Satan, demonic forces against the angelic hosts. And uh, that's, that's the great classic uh, battle that we're in today. And he talks about in the last days, there'll be an unleashing of some things in the kingdom of darkness. And so, um, you know, I'm not here to preach doom and gloom today, but we do have to faith in order to prescribe the answer and, and look at God's word and see what it is. We have to know what it is that's really going on. And <clears throat> so these things were written really uh, years ago, but yet right on the other hand, <clears throat> we're starting to see them come to pass right now. And so we're really, um, this, this, this is a time that you and I have got to batten down the hatches of our minds because there's a lot of things trying to get in our thinking, in our culture around us, trying to get in our, our thinking. And uh, we've got to not only batten down our, our, the hatches of our mind, but we've got to be ready for the influx of the harvest that, is, that will be uh, looking for something stable in a more and more unstable world that they're experiencing. There's going to be people looking for answers, and we need to know how to be ready for, to give those people those answers. Amen. There's a dying, perishing world out there, and the worse things get, and the more absurd things get, the more they're going to be looking for something that's, that's uh, based in reality. Amen. And so we need to be ready for that, and we certainly can't do that if our own hearts are amazed and full of fear and so forth and so on by what's going on around us. And we'll get into this here in a bit. But um, so this verse is saying the Spirit speaks expressly. In other words, explicitly foretold centuries ago that some things were going to happen and there would be a change before Jesus comes. All right. And so you and I are living in this day today. We're, that, that was prophesied right here. Uh, and we know where it's going. We know... The Bible says it's going to end in the rapture of the church. First of all, let me back up. It's going to end in a harvest of the souls of the earth. And then it's going to end in the rapture of the church. And then it's going to uh, uh, come to a worldwide rebellion, much like happened in the book of Genesis when the flood happened. Paul, Paul mentions, or Jesus actually mentioned, as it was in the days of Noah, so it'll be before the days of the coming of the Son of Man. <clears throat> in that day, he said, men did only that which was evil all the time. And there was only one family left, and that was Noah's family. God said, build a boat. I got I to gotta destroy this society. It has gotten so rotten that there's no saving it. And that's what the great tribulation will be. It'll be a worldwide rebellion. The church will be gone. There will be people saved in the tribulation. But right on the other hand, uh, you, you, the mark of the beast, the Antichrist, the false prophet, uh, destruction of many, many people in, the, in wars and plagues and hailstones coming out of the sky. Aren't you glad we're going to be eating supper for seven years? Called the marriage supper of the Lamb. <clears throat> But that's where this thing's going. Uh, the shadow of these future events shadows, shadows itself ahead of time. And the, the, the Antichrist, or the, uh, the, really the Antichrist, but the uh, tribulation doesn't just happen one day. It starts coming in, and dark clouds start looming and things start showing up. Their shadow of these things starts showing up before it actually comes to pass. 
And so um, that's what we're beginning to see some things. We're beginning to see more and more lunacy, deception, delusion, absurdity, uh, and things that sound-minded people, even if they're not saved, they look at and they say, that's just, that's just crazy. And so uh, that's what he said, delusional. And if you look up this word here, it says, notice it says, yeah, 1 Timothy 4, verse number 1, he said, seducing spirits. You look up the word seducing, it means dece- deceiving to the point, it actually is much stronger than just deceiving, to the point of delusion. And so uh, that's prophesied in the last days. If you study the end times, right before Jesus comes, there's a great paradox. Remember um, uh, uh, Isaiah 60, he says, Arise, shine, for thy light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. But he said right after that, he said, Gross darkness will be upon the earth. But he said, On you will be the glory of the Lord. So there's going to be two different things happening in the end times. The glory of God, the power of God, the, the great harvest of souls in the church, and yet great darkness like, like has never been in the history of the world uh, on the earth, on the society, on culture. You know what I mean? And so there's, a, there's a two things happening, uh, and the one will help the other. In other words, darkness out there will help us get a hold of people and say, hey, we've got the answer for you, because they'll be looking for some answers. But uh, that's a whole other subject. But yet, right on the other hand, this word seducing spirits means deluding spirits, spirits that just bring delusion. And so why does God tell us these things ahead of time? He tells them not to scare us, but to prepare us. You know, if you know what's coming, you can get ready for it. Right? And so that's what that he's telling. He's telling you ahead of time, get ready for this. And we're going to talk this morning about how to get ready for this. Because I'll be honest with you, the main attack, the, main, the, the, the enemy is after your mind. He's after your thinking. He wants you to be distorted and confused. And he wants the darkness of the world around you to get into your mind to where you're confused. But let me tell you something. God is not confused. And his word is not confused. And the more we renew our minds with his word, the less confused we are and the less in the dark we are and the less absurd we are. I'm telling you, whether the world knows it or not right now, they need Christians. Because they need somebody that's not absurd and strange and, and, and believing some of the most delusional things. Amen. So um, tell your neighbor, that's you. you, you God, God needs you and the world needs you. Amen. And so God doesn't scare us of these things. He wants us to be prepared. And uh, we'll get into another passage in a minute minute about that. So uh, be prepared for what what things are going to get worse and worse. Um, There's things in the world that are going to get more and more absurd. I don't think we've seen 20% yet of what it's going to be like in the tribulation. And yet there are some strange, absurd things happening, delusional things happening. So um, we are to be an oasis of peace in troubled times. Amen. The world today desperately needs sound-minded believers. And so uh, this, this verse again says he, he speaks expressly. Now, notice over in 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2, verse number 11. <clears throat> so um, uh, 2 Thessalonians 2, verse number 11. For this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. 
strong delusion and that's talking about if you look at the context that's talking about in the tribulation itself but like I said these things foreshadow themselves the, the future events cast their shadow in front of them so we, we, we are seeing some of this beginning to take place now the world is being set up to be deluded by the Antichrist uh, and I'm not saying somebody said well who is he I mean uh, is he this or is he that the Bible said he won't he will be revealed in his time this is not his time this is the church age so you and I before the rapture will not know who he is he'll be revealed in his time his time and this is not his time I remember one time praying and the Lord said this is not the devil's time this is the church age this is the time for the church Hallelujah. And so he was dealing with me, take authority over some things. And so 2 Thessalonians, this cause God will send them strong delusions because and that they should believe a lie. And if you look at the cause, the cause is they receive not the love of the truth. You understand? You and I are to be lovers of the truth. Whether it's complimentary or not, <laughs> we're to be lovers of the truth. And so, and now 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2, this verse is the one I really wanted to kind of make our main text. This second book of Thessalonians is just full of revelation concerning the end times. But 2 Thessalonians 2, verse number, let's just start in verse number 1, we'll read verse number 2. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto Him, that's the rapture, our gathering together unto Him, that you be not soon shaken in mind, stop right there. Notice that verse reveals one of Satan's main strategies in the last days against believers. He wants to shake them in their minds. Okay? Be not soon shaken in mind, nor troubled, or be troubled, neither by, notice, spirit. In other words, something some spirit is saying. By word, somebody else is saying, by the letter, by, nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. So when he said letter as from us, these, the, the, the Thessalonians had had someone write a letter to them in the name of Paul. They forged the letter. It wasn't Paul that wrote it, but they wrote Paul's name at the bottom of it and said, this is Paul writing this to you. And the letter had quite unsettled them. They, had, they thought they were in the tribulation because there was a lot of persecution happening, so forth and so on. And the letter unsettled them, and he's basically writing, Paul's basically writing to them and say, hey, Satan is after your thinking. Calm down. You're not in the tribulation. <clears throat> Amen. And he goes on, and uh, he reveals... Uh, some of the things that will happen first. Because if you keep on reading, he says, let no man, verse number three, let no man deceive you by any means. Notice deception is mentioned. For, the, for the day, that day shall not come except there come a falling away first and the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. And you know, that's the Antichrist talking about the one who rules the whole world and so forth and so on. But Notice he mentions here that, uh, that let, he said, be not shaken in mind. Satan has a strategy against you. God will never say anything to you to unsettle you, to rob your peace from you. Amen. And so he, God wants you and I stable. The Bible said he's given us a sound mind, not full of fear, not full of uh, absurd things. You understand? And so um, there's, there's an attack on the uh, minds of believers, and that's what he's talking about here. Now, I want you to look at something and consider something here that um, 
this, uh, this, this is Paul writing because he was warning them of certain events that would recur, occur right before the coming of the Lord. And he was saying to them, uh, he, he wanted them to be prepared for these major world events, but he, he didn't want them to be taken off guard by them. And, uh, and, and unsta- uh, or, or shake them, so to speak, to where they're in fear and panic and so forth and so on. Because he said, don't be soon shaken in mind. Soon means very quickly. I mean, I, I've, there's, there's too many people that are so quickly shaken by, by the world, by the absurd things going on, by doctor's reports, by whatever. And we've got to learn to get a hold of our thought life. God is with us. God is in us. God is for us. And if God be for us, who can be against us? Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Hallelujah. We've got to keep our attention on God's word because the devil wants your attention. He's after your attention. And so uh, he said, you be not soon shaken in mind nor troubled. Now, the tense here used in the Greek when it says uh, uh, shaken in mind, it means uh, dramatic things that cause you to be shocked and alarmed. And it, it suggests devastating things so dramatic that it will throw the world around you in shock. It'll just be, uh, it'll be a distressing time. Remember 2 Timothy, or uh, yeah, what is it? 2 Timothy, first, first or 2 Timothy, one of those. It says uh, in chapter 3, verse 1, in the last days perilous times shall come. That word means dangerous. Now we're not talking about the church. Remember I said we're talking today a lot about the society around us. And so he said that's what's going to be in the last days. Well, you can see why. Because of the absurdity of people's beliefs. And so, um, this, but the Greek doesn't just suggest a one-time occurrence. It, it suggests a repe- repe- repetition of things. I don't know if you know what I mean. Now, how many of you know the world, it, 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 it wants to continue to shock you by letting, okay, last week's story is not shocking enough to hold people's attention and get them to turn into our news channel today. So let's, let's talk about something else shocking. They just want to keep you in an alarm, keep you in an upheaval, keep you mad, keep you distracted, keep you... Are you with me? And let me tell you, some of you need to pull the needle. Been saying that for a while. You need to pull the needle because we're going to be visiting some of you in a padded cell if you don't pull the needle on some of this stuff. Somebody said, I need to know what's going on. Listen, you can, you can just read a headline and know what's going on. Amen. And so, uh, but that's, that's what these, you know, that you be not soon troubled in mind. He's basically saying the end time events are going to be troubling to people who don't have their minds renewed with the Word of God and their minds stable on keeping their minds stayed on the Lord. And so um, these are the, uh, the things that are going to, the, the news cycle is going to become more and more rapid. Have you noticed there's a crisis every day now? Listen, you know, how many of you know what I'm talking about? And it's just designed to keep your mind shocked. I mean, you can look at uh, drag queen what? Drag queen where? And you're like, what? Ah, I got to read that. No, you don't. That's perverted spirits behind that stuff. Delusional spirits. Well, praise the Lord. Pastor, Pastor went ahead and said it. And so the devil likes dr- drama. He likes 
th things to be dramatic that get people's attention, that shock them and throws the world into a shock. And so he's, he's exhorting that you be not soon shaken in mind. He's exhorting, Paul's exhorting here that, the, that they resist that, uh, that temptation of being shocked. Hey, easily being shook up and unsettled. Come on, somebody. Um, and so this, uh, he wants us, God's writing through Paul, and he wants us to remain in a peaceful state regardless of the tumultuous events that are transpiring all around us. And he wants us to be a haven and a, and a place of refuge in the middle of all this. Amen. And so some things can be very nerve-wracking. They can be irritating. They can, be, they can make you mad. Listen, and I, I know there's a righteous indignation. Don't misunderstand me. Yet, but right on the other hand, I refuse to lose my peace. Be full of worry and anxiety and so forth and so on. And so um, these, things are, um, these things are before us. Some of these things, uh, the confusion in the area, and I'm going to spell it because of uh, certain algorithms on YouTube, but the area of S-E-X-I-D-E-N-T-I-T-Y. Amen. Uh, some of this stuff is just you need, you need, you need, uh, you, you can't be that confused on your own. This is delusional spirits. It's delusional spirits. No, you're not a cat. You're not a puppy dog. Read Genesis 1, 26 and, 20, and 27. He made, verse 27 says he made them, God created them uh, male and female. Or, or God created them in his own image. Uh, in his own image made he him. Male and female created he them. Period. There's, there's male and female. But on uh, applications in certain governmental uh, places now, they've got a list of a whole bunch of genders. There's two. There's two. And I'm not trying to be mean, but if you want to know which one you are, strip down naked, stand in front of the mirror, and there you go. <laughs> Amen. We're not trying to be mean. We're trying to just stay with what the, the, the revelation of the Word of God. And you're not a M-A-N in a W-O-M-A-N's body. It doesn't matter your feelings. Take a DNA test and your chromosome will tell you. It's not, we're not trying to be mean. We're just simply, we've got to hold the truth up. Because people are confused. People need rescued. They need... They need sanity. Um, and, and then, listen, we're not the ones that are... Somebody said, well, you are stuck in the mud. Well, you were just like us 10 years ago. And it wasn't even a question 10, ten years ago, but a unleashing of demonic spirits in these last days have brought confusion to people. Confusion is not God. God is not the author of confusion. So, praise the Lord. So be determined not to be shaken. Get, you, get a grip on your mind. Refuse to be traumatized. Hallelujah. You don't need to be a nervous wreck in these last days. You need to be a vital asset, part of a body, party of a body of believers reaping the harvest, helping people, getting them into the kingdom of God. Amen. So, but you're going to have to decide ahead of time you're not going to give in to some of these things. 
And that's why he's warning us ahead of time not to make us scared, but to prepare us. Amen. So we're not shaken and robbed of our peace and joy and so forth. So, amen. Praise the Lord. And so, um, Colossians 3.15 says, Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Amen. And so, uh, and it goes on to verse, in verse number 16, it says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. That's what the word of God will do for you. It'll settle you down. And when it dwells in you richly, it produces peace. Amen. Amen. It's supernatural peace that rules your heart and your mind. The word rule is actually a word, and the Amplified brings this out. It's actually a word used that could, be, uh, that could describe an umpire, actually. And so what he's basically saying is uh, it's, it's, uh, it's peace that is to call your shots. It's peace that's to make your decisions for you. If I wasn't a Christian, I would be drawn to Christianity for one reason, because I love peace so much. Just that they seem to be, no, there's always exceptions. People don't renew their mind. But Christians basically are sound people. They're, they're, they're peaceful people. Amen. They're not confused. They're not basically tormented, you know. We've got to learn the word to do that, of course. But, and so... Amen. Are you glad you came to church this morning? And so uh, that word releases its power to uh, keep you peaceful in a, in a storm going on all around you. Hallelujah. So make a firm commitment to the Word of God. Because there's a lot vying for your attention in this day. Now, with that being said, um, the local church is the safe place in the last days. If you will, it's the ark that you can get in and float on top of the flood of trouble that's flooding in on the world. Amen. Now, now I know Jesus is the ark. I know more specifically or most accurate scripturally, Jesus is the ark. But see, He is moving through uh, local churches and ministries today. So stay connected with the rest of the body of Christ. Praise the Lord. All right, so um, let's go over to Luke 21, 26. Um, in the churches where, while you're going there, in the churches where uh, you'll get answers to what the world is deceived about. A good Bible preaching church. Amen. Now look at Luke 21, 26. He said, in these last days, remember they were talking about the last days, the apostles had asked him about it. He said, men's hearts will fail them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And so um, if you look at Matt, this is Luke's account, but you look at Matthew's account, Matthew 24 is the same account of what Jesus said in Luke 21. <clears throat> Matthew 24, when they ask him about the last days, what will be the sign of your coming, so forth and so on. And the first thing Jesus said there in Matthew 24, the first warning, he said, see that no man deceive you. So one of the greatest characteristics of the last days of the Antichrist himself, of the false prophet, which is a religious leader, joins with a political leader, the Antichrist. One of the greatest uh, characteristics of those uh, people and the last days, the, the culture around us in the last days, are, is deception. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Remember he already said uh, strong delusions over there in Second 
2 Thessalonians and, and spirits that delude over there in 1 Timothy. And so here Jesus is bringing it up again. He said that men's hearts are going to be shaken because the very powers of heaven will be shaken. And so in Matthew he said, see no man deceive you. And so we're, we're truly living in strange times. Uh, what just a few years ago uh, just seemed absurd today, it's a part of the everyday newscast. Amen. Previous generations couldn't even have imagined some of the things being talked about today. Um, because the, it, it's become very far-fetched, bizarre, and strange. Um, people's thinking, which, which, which common sense used to be a more common. But maybe we better stop using the word common sense because it's becoming rare. <laughs> Amen. Uh, and so really the irrational beliefs that some have cannot be attributed to anything but demonic spirits. And so uh, we're constantly being presented or our consciousness is constantly being bombarded with the weird and the absurd. Now you, we, were, we were talking about identities and so forth. Um, that's one of the, the, the big things that's kind of leading everything right now. But just, let's just take some of the strange decisions politicians make sometimes. I mean, you're sitting there going, what? Right? It's an unsound mind. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. To let a spy balloon go across our nation. What? I mean, for one thing after the other, it's just strange, just weird, just obnoxious. It's like in your face. It's like, okay, just open the borders, let everybody come across. You're like, what? I mean, can you, can you identify? I'm just saying those things just to kind of give you a little sense of what I'm talking about. The absurd is part of the everyday newscast now. The things that come out of people's mouths. The things, the ways they think. This is not a sermon on politics. This is what the, we're talking about the Word of God here and what's going to be happening in the last days more and more and more. And, um, you know, things, it, this, this absurdity seems to be spreading like a disease. I'm not near as concerned of a virus as I am the absurdity spreading. Stay away from him, you'll become absurd in your thinking, you know. <laughs> That's more dangerous. <laughs> Amen. Don't let him infect your mind. Amen. It leads to all sort of moral confusions. And um, um, really, this is preparing the way for the Antichrist. Now, I'm not trying to preach a hopelessness sermon this morning. I just want you to see some things before we can get into some answers. Hallelujah. We're a haven of sanity, a haven of stability in this time. Amen. But the reason is because further, people are getting further and further away from the foundation of Scripture. Now, never has, <clears throat> excuse me, never has everyone in society or culture been a Christian. Ne never has everyone been a Christian. But at least the uh, 
foundational principles of Christianity and the Word of God governed a lot of people's thinking in society and made them sound and moral and they recognized right from wrong. Uh, Isaiah, I don't know if I have the reference right. I think it's the fifth chapter. Maybe I can find it while I'm mentioning it. You might want to write this verse down. Let me see if I can find it here. Um, uh, I think it's the fifth chapter. Maybe somebody can find it. Uh, he, said, the, the, uh, he said, woe, <coughs> excuse me, woe to him that calls the light good and evil, good evil and evil good, and the light darkness. He said, he said there in Isaiah that that day was coming that that would actually take place. I, I apologize. I've got the reference. Five what? Twenty? Five twenty. What? Somebody started out. Brother Matt's my. Uh, what does this say there? Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil and put darkness for light and light for darkness. Bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. In other words, they're confused. He's saying, he's basically saying, remember he said in Isaiah 60, he said the day coming where there'll be gross darkness on the, you know, today good people are the problem. I'm not saying in reality, but in some people's thinking. The things that built this nation are being torn out and, and no longer good, but evil. We've had the longest constitution, what is it, the history of the world, I believe. But, but now that, that, that is a, a very evil thing. We've got to destroy that thing. Well, the Constitution is not the Word of God, but it is based on principles of the Word of God. Amen. And so, um, but people are calling good, bad, and bad, good, and they're confused about these things. Am I making any sense? And so uh, Luke here says that uh, these things are going to shake people until it's, it's, uh, their hearts will fail them for fear. Now, that's not the physical blood pump, although I guess that could happen too because fear can make your heart, physical heart actually stop. But he's talking about like David, whenever Goliath was threatening Israel, he said, let no man's heart fail thee. Uh, let no man's heart fail him. I'm going to go after him. In other words, he's talking about people's faith withering because of the bellicose words of the Goliath. Now, you read the book of Daniel closely. I don't have these references all in front of me. I've got them up here somewhere. But you'll find that in Daniel, a couple places in Daniel, I think it's chapter 9, but I could be wrong, and then in the book of Revelation, that the Antichrist is given several things, and one of them is he's, he's given a great big voice and a big mouth. The Antichrist is a very, it, it, it calls it their... Um, Oh, what's it call it? But it, it's basically a, a uh, intimidating uh, way of talking. And the Bible says that if possible, he could uh, actually cause the saints to uh, wither away in fright. I'm trying to remember the way, the way it says it there. But, but that's, that's what the enemy is trying to do today. He's trying to threaten Christians. You better shut up or we will do this. It's a threat. Well, guess what? We are not haters. We say it in love, but we've got to keep telling people the truth. We won't be quiet because of threats. Because we're the salt of the earth. We're what keeps society from falling apart. That's why after we leave, society falls apart. <laughs> Amen. 
Amen. We got to wake up and realize who we are. So we're up here against some of these things. And uh, the further people get away from the Bible and the authoritative voice of the Word of God, the further mankind gets away from that, the less sound people are in their thinking. Amen. They do things that are self-destructive. And if they knew it, they wouldn't do it, but Satan blinds them to that fact. We're here to help them hold up the mirror of the Word of God and help them get out of that confusion. Amen. 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 And so um, go over to Ephesians 2, 2. He said, verse 1, Ephesians 2, 1 and 2, he says, You hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Verse 2, in time past, say in time past. So he's saying this, is, this isn't the way believers walk today, but in the time past, and how many of you know there are still some living this way? You walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. So notice they are under the influence of a spirit. Not the spirit of God, but the spirit we have already read of delusions. And so this, this verse describes the world living under, how many have ever heard the, word, the term the prince of the power of the air? Uh, it's living under the influence of that spirit that rules over the masses that are still in spiritual darkness. And so um, really, like I said earlier, it, there, there, are, there are spiritual storms that cross a nation just like there are natural storms that cross a nation. Demonic hordes influencing masses of people to go certain directions. And if they're not aware of it, they're, and they're just following the crowd, they're being influenced by demonic spirits. They wouldn't say, it would never admit to it, but that's what the Bible is telling us. Like, like, I say this, I said it earlier, it's like if you've ever stood out on the plains of maybe South Dakota or something and looked, or maybe you've seen it here, there's areas here this could work, you know, if you ever stood by a wheat field or, you know, something here uh, where the winds are blowing, you'll see that wheat just all in one, all in mass, just all bend over this way, and then it'll bend this way, and it's just, and that's what's going on. There are winds of doctrines swirling the masses of people in darkness. Whichever way the wind goes, that's the way they go. And right now there's strong voices pushing people to say, well, you don't know if you're a boy or a girl. Somebody said, where's this all coming from? If you can see in the spirit realm, there are hordes of demons. Amen. Amen. And so we've got to be aware of that according to the scriptures and not fall prey to it and just watch the 24-hour newscasts and say, well, I guess the whole world's gone this direction. No. Well, they might be, but not me. We stand on eternal truths that never change. Now, when it says over there in Ephesians, he gave some apostles, some prophets, evangelists, tests, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about by winds of doctrines. Don't just think winds of doctrines in the church service. There are winds of doctrines in society. Evolution. And, and people get under the sway of these things. And they become confused. And many of them think that, you know, well, it's obvious. But things today are becoming so absurd that even they even deny science. 
Amen. They even are denying science. That's what delusion is. When, you, when you're presented with the facts, you still aren't convinced. You understand what I'm talking about? I could be, I could be delusional and think that uh, they're trying to, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to think of, come, come up with some strange delusion. You know, they're, they're coming after me trying to cut my head off. <laughs> you know, I'm afraid every night to even go to sleep because somebody's going to try to come and cut my head off. Well, that's a delusion. That's not based in any reality. I'm not saying that it might not get to that place, but I'm just saying... <laughs> <laughs> All right, so are you still glad you came to church tonight, this morning? And so um, we need to avoid, so what, what, what are we saying here? We're to avoid being adrift in this sea of confusion. We're to have an anchor down into the Word of God that says this is the eternal truth and it never changes. And uh, in, in Matthew 24, 12, look at this. I, I know I'm just spending a lot of time on this, but just hold with me here a bit. Matthew 24, 12, Jesus said, talking about the end times, he said, um, Matthew 24, 12, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Iniquity means, if, if we, we think of iniquity as sin, and certainly it is, but if you look it up, the word iniquity literally means without law, or not just, not just laws like... Um, you know, speed limit laws or whatever, you know, national laws or state laws or whatever. Um, without law means moral, uh, without moral code or any kind of, uh, to be honest with you, just, you, you could say, um, you know, just simply standards. There used to be some moral standards. Not everybody's always been moral, but it used to be that if even like you think back a century ago or whatever, if you were caught getting uh, pregnant out of wedlock, you were shunned. It's terrible, embarrassing. Now it's just, you know, well, it happens all the time. Everybody seems to be de desensitized to it. And, and that's one thing, but the devil keeps pushing more and more absurdities until until Christians become desensitized to it. You understand what I'm talking about? As if it's normal. It's not normal. Brother Hagin made this statement. He said, anything that is out of the normal, he said, it's demonic things, not just flesh. You can understand a, a young man's flesh attracted to a young girl's flesh. And they get into sin and that would be fleshly sin. You can understand that. But things that are not normal... Like one sex attracted to the same sex. Or some of these things today about identities. This isn't normal. That's beyond just flesh. Now, flesh gives place to it, but demonic things are influencing that. Amen. The Lord's been dealing with me. You're going to have to uh, uh, beef it up. And I've been studying more on it and be ready to cast out devils. Yeah. Well, don't bring that into our clean little church, Pastor. Well, do you want people to be free or do you want them not to be free? We don't draw attention to the devil, but whenever he's binding people out of compassion for them to be set free, we need to be willing to say, come out in the name of Jesus. Amen. 
because I believe there are going to be people wanting to be free. And listen, hey, look, let's, just, let's just prepare right now because there's going to be people who have been into some of this confusion, had an operation on their body to change their physical bodies, and then they're going to get saved. And we're going to have to accept them into the body of Christ, love them, help them. Amen. Praise the Lord. And I wouldn't be a bit surprised if we see some miracles where God changes some parts. <laughs> Hallelujah. Anyway. All right. So Matthew uh, says, uh, so Matt, Jesus said here, lawless, because iniquity shall abound. The word literally means no moral standards or without God's law. Now, I know we're not under the law of Moses, but there are still some, some right, and there are things that are right and wrong in the eyes of God. Murder's still wrong, right? Just because we're under the New Testament, not under the law of Moses, does that mean we go out and murder and that's okay? No, it's still wrong. It's just that we don't have to have a law stop us do that. Now we have the new nature to stop us do that. God's helping me to preach this morning, I'll tell you. <laughs> so um, when, when the society has no standards and living without a, 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 a moral code, so to speak, society gets into a state of what's called lawlessness. And that just means anything goes. However you feel. Amen. And so he, t so he told us really here the society is going to be thrown into, uh, or thrown out of all the, they're going to be, excuse me, thrown out all the previously agree upon moral standards and will depart from God's established law here at the very end. In other words, what used to be universally understood as a standard, but this is right and this is wrong, people are going to say wrong is good and good is wrong. And that's what we're, we're starting to see. What is it? It's absurdity. It's, it's based on demonic spirits and confusion. Amen. And he said, these things will abound. He said, iniquity shall abound. If you look up the word, it's the word we get our word plethora from. In other words, it's just going to be uh, all of a sudden an explosion of it in the last days. All, all of a sudden, these things are going to be here in abundance. In extraordinary measure. Amen. What's the enemy trying to do? He's trying to construct a new world order. Anybody heard that term in the news? A new world order where these things are, we just don't know whether this is right or wrong. And listen, it's going to get worse. Think, we couldn't have dreamed just 15 years ago of some of the absurdities today. And today, we couldn't dream probably what's going to be, if Jesus doesn't come, some of the absurdities in the days to come. So, these things the Bible says actually are inevitable. Matthew 24, 6 and 7. You'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled, for these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Nation arise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, famines, pestilence, earthquakes, so forth and so on. These are the beginning of sorrows. Sorrows is the word for birth pangs. That's what I was talking about earlier. You know, you know, no woman is just sitting on her couch and all of a sudden has one birth pang, bam, there's the baby. No, it's just, there's just a twinge. At least that's what I'm told. Anybody? Let me, just a twinge. Ooh, okay. Ah, uh, and it might go, what, a couple hours or whatever? Uh, somebody tell me here. And then all of a sudden, there's another one. 
But as time goes on, those birth pangs get closer and closer together. Contractions. They get closer and closer together. Well, that's what he's saying. He said, these are the beginning of sorrows. These are the beginning of the birth pang. So some of these things, it's like like a woman with a child. It's like one, it took took 10 years from one tragedy to the next. Now now it's like every other day. It's getting close. (laughs) What is going to be produced? A new age. Not the kingdom of darkness. That's what they plan. They want a new age, but we're going into the millennial reign. Because in the, in, the, uh, in the tribulation, God's going to, Jesus is not going to be nice in the tribulation. He's coming back with a sword. Wahoo! The day of grace is over. <laughs> Anybody still glad you came to church? Some of you looking at me like, whoa. Well, you don't want to be down here when Jesus... Listen, you're going to be riding with him. Did you know that? I want to look right over the shoulder of Jesus and see him take the false prophet and... It's going to be my best day yet. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, um, these things must come to pass. Notice there. These things must come to pass. Now... Um, the Greek translated must come to pass. A better way it would say it would be, would be inevitable. Inevitable. Now, that doesn't mean that uh, they must come to pass because they're the sovereign will of God. This is not the tribulation, all this confusion. This is not the will of God. When he says inevitable, he's talking about because of the fallen nature of man and the perversion of his thinking. You can't get into this. You can't, like somebody said one time, you can't have, you can't have fellowship with devils and not have trouble with devils. You can't yield to their thinking and not start having trouble. See, that's giving place to these demon forces. Amen. Don't leave yet. We're not done. We're going to give you some hope here. Praise God. And so these things are fulfilled and, and clarified in Romans chapter number 1. Romans chapter number 1. Are you glad you came? Clarified in Romans chapter number 1, where Paul describes a society. Let's go to verse number 28. There's so much here we could say about this chapter, but um, Romans 1, 28, Paul describes a society that really has pushed God uh, right uh, right out of their thinking. And he eventually gets down here and talks about a reprobate mind. In Romans 1, 28... Oh, I'm in the Amplified. Let me get over to the King James. He said, Even so, if they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. A reprobate mind is a mind that is void of judgment. It can no longer discern right from wrong. It's confused. Notice why. Because they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. So these persons' thinking becomes sick. Their, their mind is reprobate, twisted, and perverted. They can't tell up from down, right from wrong. You know, they, they can't tell white from black. They just don't know. They're, 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 they're just under the influence of something. And this is actually describing an, an entire society that gets away from God. And so uh, this, 
this is not notice what it doesn't say here it doesn't say uh it does notice what god did not do in other words it doesn't say god uh gave them a reprobate mind he said he gave them over to a reprobate mind god doesn't have any reprobateness to give he's not confused he's not absurd he's not weird but he gave them over to it because they kept wanting darkness and they loved darkness rather than light are we still in the same room there's a big difference between God giving it to them and giving them over to it amen he basically released them into it he didn't make them he didn't put it on them he really he, he kept he's trying to get them through their own conscience to come back to truth and light but they were given over to it because they didn't want truth and light so God just takes his hands off and the enemy comes in and so um, we have to look at this word reprobate it depicts a uh, it depicts a compromised, impaired mind that really cannot be trusted anymore. And that's where these people have gotten to. You cannot trust the world to, to give you sanity on hardly anything anymore. There's just not much sanity left. Now, there's good people in our society that have not fallen for the sanity. But I'm talking about the talking heads and the leaders and stuff. I usually don't preach like this. I'm, I'm, I'm not discouraged today. <laughs> We're going to have revival. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We've got a job to do down here. And so this collective society's mindset, uh, this happens on an individual level, but it's, 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 he's talking about a whole society here, that they become tainted and hardened until they mentally cannot cannot think clearly amen minds that have been damaged by continuous exposure to evil influence bombarded over and over again with uh, wrong thinking and that's what's happening out there the news media is full of a bunch of junk amen Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right, let's take that. We've got to get some good news before we go. <laughs> the main reason I'm saying all this is because I'm trying to say to you the enemy is after your mind. And he's playing for keeps. He's, he's, not, he's not pussyfooting around. He's, he's turning up. Remember the book, the book of Revelation says he's going about in the last days with great wrath because he knows his time is short. Yes. And so you and I are a generation that will have to know how to stand against these things more than any generation in the history of the world, to be, to be, to be honest with you. Amen. And so what's the role of the church? Um, number one, to, to, to maintain sane thinking. You are actually being a deterrent of this by refusing to fall for the insanity. Somebody say, what can I do? Number one, renew your mind. <laughs> Keep your mind in the Word of God. Wash it with the washing of the water of the Word. Yes, amen. Don't let this stuff just pull you, the shock factor of it, pull you into like, what? I got to read this. No, you don't. You already know in your heart what that is. You don't need to fill your mind with it. 
Remember Lot was vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked, seeing and hearing? I'm not saying we as Christians are to put our head in the sand like an ostrich and not know anything that's going on. But you already know. You, know, you, you just it's just you're bombarded with it I'm just simply saying don't give the devil place to overcome your mind and start listening to these voices say well you know these people were born this way and so forth like that not according to the word they're born male and female amen alright so number one just keep a sound mind <clears throat> And be anchored in the truth of the scriptures. <clears throat> There's no day more important to, ha- to, to remember Colossians says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. There's no day that that's more important than the day we're living in. And so the Bible says the church is the pillar and grounds of the truth. So be a truth lover. Look, in fact, just write this verse down over in... Uh, uh, Jeremiah Jeremiah 9.3 said they bend their tongues like their, bow, like their bow for lies but they are not valiant for the truth upon the earth they proceed from evil to evil they know not me says the Lord be somebody who's valiant for the truth valiant for the truth in other words answer things lovingly and kindly at work don't just stay silent thank you yeah. thank you That's good. amen not, not in a hateful way, not in an argumentative way. If they want to argue, you can just, you know, change the subject yeah. or something. Yes, sir. But yes, you, sir. you just need to know, they need to know where you stand. Yes, yes, that's so good. Yes. Come on. They need to know where you stand. No, nobody here at Spirit of Faith Family Church wonders where we stand. <laughs> right? We're not mean about it. We're not trying to get in a fist fight with anybody. But but we want to hold up the truth because the truth is what preserves this nation. So um, that's your role. You're not just here to be blessed with houses and cars and all the things that God has provided for you. Yes, you're, you're, you're to meditate on that and receive all that and keep your healing and be healed and be blessed and so forth and so on. But listen, there's a battle going on out there. And uh, praise the Lord, we, we, we're here to be uh, salt and light in this, in this culture all around us. Hallelujah. Now, um, we are what withholds the full manifestation of this, according to, uh, remember that verse where we said there in 2 Thessalonians 2? He said, that, he goes on, talks about these things won't come until there come a falling away first, then the Antichrist will be revealed. He'll be revealed in his time. He said, now you know what withholds. The church is what holds, that's why, that holds this back. Now it's starting, but but it's not getting on like it wants to get on. You know what I'm talking about? That's why they they try to get us out of the way, deplatform us, take our voice away. If you're a Christian business, they'll say, we won't do business with you. What are they trying to do? They're trying to... Listen, they're trying to remove our influence. The devil wants us out of the way so he can get it on. That just means he can't get it on as long as we're standing up for the truth. He can't get it on. He knows we're the ones holding him back. Hallelujah. You need to wake up and know who you are. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Hallelujah. And to do this, you've got weapons. 
Remember, the Bible talks about the weapons of your warfare are not carnal, 2 Corinthians 10, but they're mighty through God. What to do? To pull down strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that is all self against the knowledge and bringing into captivity every thought. So take that word and, and deal with the things that try to get into your thought life and then also use it to help others get free from those strongholds. Because that's what these things are. Devil, the devil wants to create strongholds in a mass of people in our culture to where everybody thinks this is normal whenever the Bible says it's not. You've got the name of Jesus. You've got the blood of Jesus. You've got the authority of the believer. You've got the word of God. Hallelujah. You've got the power of the greater one living on the inside of you. And you've got under the anointing of the spirit, you can pray and deal with the forces of darkness. And address these things and hold these things back till we get the harvest reaped. Because we got a job to do. We got to reap this harvest. And whenever God says it's time or Jesus says it's time, we'll be out of here and it'll, it'll flood in and create the, the tribulation, which is like nothing this earth has ever seen. But uh, until that time, the devil is not going to get it on fully. Amen. I'm telling you, get on fire for the truth. If you're not a part of a good church, get in church. Be there every Sunday and, and light up with the Word of God. Get that Word in you burning like a fire. Become a, part of a, vi a vital part of a local church. Bring your supply to helps ministry. Get the Word of God in you so you can share it with other people. Hallelujah. And so really these days are... Or it might look like, well, you know, because you can hear what I'm saying this morning and say, well, we better all go find a cave and go hide or go bug out somewhere, you know, find a, find a place off grid and plant a garden and, whoo, whoa, it's getting bad, Pastor. You preached an ugly, ugly picture today. No, this is our greatest hour. This is the church's greatest hour where sin abounds. Grace does much more abound. <laughs> We're going to see some mercy and grace and people saved and snatched out of the fires of hell, delivered from tormenting spirits. Praise God. Remember I said in Isaiah, it talks about light shining on the church and darkness in the world. It's going to be like Egypt. Whenever there were plagues in Egypt, there were no plagues in Goshen. When there was darkness in Egypt, no darkness in the church. They're getting worse. The evil men and seducers wax worse and worse. The church, though, is going from glory to glory. We're going from glory to glory. And then we're going to let our light shine. And just like Jesus, the Bible says uh, that they couldn't touch him. Remember, they tried to push him off the brow of the hill and tried to, you know, take him out different ways, and they couldn't touch him. Couldn't touch him until he laid his life down. Listen, the enemy's not, if you know who you are and the authority of the believer, the enemy can't touch you until you hear the trumpet. <laughs> Hallelujah. We got a job to do and we have divine help and angelic assistance to get the job done. And we've got the word to wash our thinking, cleanse us from all the, 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 the absurdity. <laughs> Whew, I preached myself happy this morning. Hallelujah. Did you get anything out of that? So what do you do to stay sane? What do you do to stay sane? 2 Corinthians 11, 3 and 4. I'm almost done. I know I preached longer than, my goodness. How long did I preach? I don't even know. It's Mother's Day. We'll, we'll just celebrate here in a minute. 
Second Thessalonians 11, 3 and 4, the Amplified, he said, I am fearful lest by any means as a serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your minds, minds, should be corrupted from the simplicity, uh, from, uh, corrupted and seduced from wholeheartedness and sincere and pure devotion to Christ. For if it seems, listen, this second verse is important. For you seem ready to endure it if a man comes and preaches another Jesus than the one we preached. And then, or if you received a different spirit from the spirit you once received, or a different gospel from the one you then received, then received and welcomed, you tolerate all that well enough. He said, you seem like you're ready to, to, to accept some other gospel. And some today, even in the church world, have accepted another gospel. What is the gospel? It's the, it's the uh, remission from sin to, through the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ to be born again, get a new nature, be, be, have all your sin washed away, and be able to walk in the power of God free from that's sin, right. free from the curse of the law. Um, and that's through the blood, accepting the blood of the cross. Amen. But there are people preaching today, they're, they're getting into some of these things and they're becoming ministers some of them yeah. not, not everybody by any means I'm not saying everybody but they're getting off yeah. in their thinking yeah. Yeah. and it's another gospel yes. Yes. why because it's things have gotten in their minds you see that first verse yes. he said you like Eve Satan uh, he said I'm, I'm, I'm kind of alarmed by you he said your minds are being corrupted and seduced yeah. so that's where the battle is is guard your thought life yeah. Yeah. amen love the word be valiant for the truth Hallelujah. Complimentary or not, here we go. Praise God. Hallelujah. And so I believe that's good enough. Praise God. Praise God. Let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. These things are, are, are out there, but greater is he that's in you and me than he that's in the world. Praise the Lord. Stand with me to your feet. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Don't let the great swelling words of people with a big mouth intimidate you. If you listen to them, you think everybody believes it. No, no, not, not even close. Not even close. I said not even close. There are a very small percentage of people that believe some of these things. It's just that some people have a big mouth. Amen. How about you and I start speaking up? Listen, everybody else has come out of the closet. Why don't we come out of the closet? <laughs> oh, you're this and you're that? Well, guess what I am? I'm a born-again child of God. Washed in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Free from the powers of sin. Free from darkness, not confused. And I got your answer for you. God is a good God. How many of you know in the midst of all this, He still has a plan to, to save, wash people in the blood. He's still a good God. He still has good things for people. I'm telling you, right in the middle of all this stuff, I'm going to live the good life. Amen. But it's not just all about me. There's a people out there to reach. There's, there's a segment of people that are hungry. Listen, I, I believe that if we reach those people, those ones that are ready, and, uh, and get, that, get those, I think he'll say, okay, you're done. Get out of here. The rest of them don't want it, don't care. 
Amen. Amen. Let's go for them. What do you say?